I was there that day, you know. Alice said, folding her spindly arms across her chest. I saw the Morrigan arrive. Saw her reach into that cocoon of power and pick you up like a child. I begged her to take you out. My swallow wasn't feigned. I never told him that. Never told any of them. I let them think you'd been abducted. But you clung to her. And she was willing to slaughter all of us for what had happened. I don't know why you'd assume that. I tugged the edges of my silk robe tighter around me. Servants talk. And under the mountain, I never heard of or saw Rhysan lying a hand on a servant. Guards? Amarantha's cronies? The people he was ordered to kill? Yes. But never the meek. Never those unable to defend themselves. He's a monster. They say you came back different. Came back wrong. <laughs> a crow's laugh. I never bother to tell them. I think that you came back right. Came back right. At last. Welcome to the House of Wind Book Club. I'm Hannah. And I'm Amber. This is a fan podcast where we discuss our current book obsession. We're going to break down chapters, characters, themes, and, let's be honest, gossip about our theories relevant to the magical, fairy-filled lands of Prithian. Just so you know, this podcast will contain spoilers and is explicit. We swear and we talk dirty. If you don't get worked up over the phrase, grab the headboard, or... Hello, Farrah darling. Then proceed with caution. We hope you enjoy being a part of our book club. Stay smutty. We're back! (laughs) Welcome back, friends. We missed you! Yes, we have. It's been weird to not podcast for a little while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little funny. We we did a really, really fun um, Patreon episode that we recorded last week that we're really excited yes. to release to you Patreon members. Um, but we're also really, really excited to get back and to dive deep into this roller coaster of a next book. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, even the beginning of this book... We we thought Akatar, like the beginning of Akatar and like learning all the junk about the Spring Court was a lot. This is a lot because it's like a plot within a plot. Yes. Like I said, these chapters were insane to recap. Because I was like, Farrah's saying this, but she secretly means this. And also how crazy is it that she has to feel this? I'm like, oh my god, this is too much. So dynamic. It's so there's- dynamic and there's so many layers. It's so complex. I don't know how do people are there are there like spy novels like how do people podcast about books like that because I feel like there's just like five different things going on right now. Truly, truly. <laughs> so God. yeah, over our break we had some much needed off time um, and a chance to just basically get caught up on everything. Um, yes. And we are we're so close to being together again. Oh my God, I'm counting down the days we're, we're like 
a month away a month out yes Happy then we'll be back days. we can we can watch twilight together we can make reels together we can <laughs> actually be in the same room and hold hands while we podcast <laughs> we don't usually hold hands while we podcast but i'm going to for the first few episodes back <laughs> we'll just be podcasting in an hour-long hug like just <laughs> you guys can't see me but i'm we'll only use one mic and just whisper in the mic like this as we're hugging yes we will listeners we're back together i can't believe it oh my god i'm so excited it's gonna be it's gonna have to be like a 30 minute intro of us just screaming and like being happy <laughs> we'll have to have one of the boys uh film us when i tackle you to the ground when i see yes you <laughs> yes i'm so pumped yes life will be so much better when we're together oh man now that we're done gushing over each other yes quick uh little um i don't even know what to call it our brains are broken today guys bear with us a housekeeping housekeeping corner (laughs) quick little housekeeping don't forget to check out our patreon as we mentioned we have a really fun episode coming out for our patreon members um it will have already released by the time we have released this episode but it's going to be a fan cast of Akatar. A lot of people have been asking us for it. We've given it to you now, and it's going to be on our Patreon. So look <laughs> at the link in the bio of our Instagram page. It's also in the show notes as well. And also don't forget to check out Audible's free trial and a free title. Uh, I recently finished reading Fourth Wing, and I used Audible to supplement it because I'm a crazy person, and I read that book so fast. I wanted to just never stop so anytime i had to do anything semi-responsible i just put it on audible and i listened to it uh in between my physical reading so if you go ahead i was just gonna say on on that same vein okay and our time off we have read some like the best books of this year honestly so i i just started fourth wing i haven't finished it yet but i'll probably finish it in the next couple days um but the raven hood series that book, the th- all three of them are truly probably my favorite, my favorite books of this year. Quite possibly like one of my favorite series of all time. Of all time. I'm so, I'm so pumped to read it. It's an absolute <laughs> mindfuck. And it makes your, you feel so much inner turmoil. But it's also <laughs> like, it's so, everything about it is just wonderful and I love it. So that's another yeah. one. So Perfect. lots lots of okay. options out there on Audible. So yes. lots of Audible options. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash house of wind for your free month and free title. Whoop, whoop. All right. Let's get into okay. it. Let's get into it. Last <laughs> episode. Okay. We left off with the inner circle getting their asses royally kicked. <laughs> I mean, royally kicked. They had a plan yeah. and it did not go as planned. Everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. <laughs> Farrah saved the day. Highburn broke Reese's and Farrah's quote-unquote deal bond, but not their mating bond. So they no longer have have that the tattoo bond, anything like that. But their mating bond is still sound. And Farrah is back to playing housewife with Tamlin. But little does he know, she's about to tear him into shreds slowly and painfully. 
<laughs> as long as Tamlin, yes. as long as Tamlin keeps treating Lucian like crap and not believing anything he says, because Lucian already has a little bit of a sneaking suspicion of what's about to go down. Um, and we all know he's not about to change. Tamlin, that is, is not about to change his tune. But let's dive Definitely. in and see. Yeah, but let's dive in and see uh, what we can find out on our little reread of this book. Oh, wings and ruin, everyone. Wings <laughs> and ruin. We're here. <laughs> We're here, and it starts in ruin. <laughs> yes, it does. Emphasis on ruin. <laughs> so, I I love how this book starts. The prologue of this book is actually two years before the wall was built. And it's from Reese's perspective. And SJM did not pull her punches because this book starts out so real. So real. And from so from Reese's perspective, he is in the aftermath of a massive battle between, quote, the loyalists... And those are those are the individuals who use humans for slaves, um, the ones who don't want the wall up. And his troops are the ones protecting humanity from fake cruelty, essentially. This particular battle halted after three days of nonstop bloodshed. And Reese is out in the carnage. And this picture that he paints is horrific and also very again real and he's he's explaining that the carnage just ended and there are flies and maggots everywhere and it just it smells awful and Mm -hmm. reese is thinking like like his entire internal perspective of death has changed and he's like death doesn't sound like flowers in a field death doesn't sound like peace death sounds like flies what a visceral image so awful it's so awful and he thinks about this battle and he utilized all of his power and when that faltered he fought side by side like a mortal with nothing but his strength and unrelenting focus and the enemy lines uh they didn't surrender they just retreated and as he walks out into the carnage He sees Illyrian wings, broken and sticking up, almost like a beacon. And he knew he wouldn't find Az, because Reese's father likely kept him as really close for spying. But because his father was a sick, masochistic ass, he easily could have put Cass right on the front lines in a a squadron that would likely end in, in massacre. So Reese looks. Reese looks at this first individual same same skin same look about him but it's not Cass and he goes and he lurches towards the next set of wings and the next and the next and he picks through these corpses one by one one Illyrian male after the other mile after mile looking and hoping that he doesn't find Cass I can't even imagine Holy shit. (laughs) This is... I have, like, full-body goosebumps right now. This is... A, true brotherhood. B, I can't even imagine, like... You know, like, that feeling when... 
you think it's someone that you know and you you have like that catch like that like that moment of oh shit it's them like you know he felt that when he saw that guy that looked just like him and i'm sure they all look very similar like not the same but you know probably similar skin tones similar hairstyles you know right that moment of dread where it literally feels like your stomach is coming out of your ass Yes, yes. The feeling like, I describe all the time. Your yes. heart your heart and your stomach going through your butt. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's a real it's feeling. A, and it's and it's an awful feeling. It's the worst. You're like, I'm gonna throw up and also just like faint. Like my heart just stopped and I'm gonna pass out. Yeah. Yes. It's terrible. Thank God he didn't find Cass out there. Oh Sweet baby boy. Sweet baby. Protect and at all costs. I'm gonna we're gonna have a problem with SJM if something happens to my sweet baby boy in any of these future books like people are are theorizing on the internet I'm like you guys stop putting that into the universe do not put that into unacceptable unacceptable oh cast forever (laughs) all right (laughs) we step away from that depressing scene into another depressing scene (laughs) chapter one it doesn't get any better, folks. <laughs> the no. beginning of this book is absolute sadness, anger, <laughs> you know, reliving trauma. Oh, it's fine. God. Everything's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. All right. Chapter one. We return to the present where Farah is painting at the spring court. And she's back to her sweet spring court baby angel facade that we all know is a lie but tamlin's eaten up like it's i don't know ice cream pudding tapioca pudding <laughs> like she's eating it up she's eating it up so we get this metaphor which i i love this i love i'm all for like literary like nerding out over literature things and the metaphor of Farah being like the painting that she's crafting she's painting these like bright happy flowers to represent the spring court instead of the true darkness that we know and she knows lurks within the spring court and she's painting on this sunny disposition despite the fact that inside she's covering up the feelings of anger deep darkness and like unending power within her and is also having to heal from the horrors she experienced there let us let us not forget what Pharaoh pretty recently went through there. Like this is not a long, a long time removed from her being like trapped there. No, not at all. Yeah. So we've got that going on. And I just, like I said, love the comparison, love the, like the front of the spring court being similar to her front right now that she's putting on. And I, I love that parallel. So, Tamlin and Lucian enter and report to Farah that Ianthe wants to explain her side of the story. And Farah's whole act is downright perfection because the fact that she can put on this front while having to deal with this bitch is like truly she deserves an award. She deserves a cookie. She deserves so much. Like I I don't even I can't. know. Who and why are we catering to Ianthe? What the fuck? Again, like I said in our very last episode we recorded when 
Tamlin was saying, like, we're going to hear her out. No. Why why is she still allowed to be in, in the Supreme Court? Why is she even getting an audience? She, no. that was treason. People die for treason. Like, uh, I don't know. Again, the hold that Ianthe has on people. She's she's silver-tongued. She's very good at, at getting her way out of things with her words. <sighs> so, Feyre leaves to go change. And we also note she's in a new bedroom. Why? Because Tamlin destroyed her old bedroom in one of his fits of rage after she left. And not only is it destroyed, there are, like, vines growing on the inside of this room. It's, like, overgrown. And this gave me straight up Beauty and the Beast vibes. Absolutely. Right? Like the West Wing, like, no one enters the West Wing. (laughs) No one enters Farrah's room. (laughs) Like shredded portraits and like vines everywhere. (laughs) Tamlin's like huddled in a It's like her her favorite paintbrush in a glass (laughs) glass box. And the bristles are slowly falling off. And Lucian goes in there. He's like, what have you done? <laughs> Get out! Monsieur Tamlin, you must brace the curse. <laughs> Quit being a massive shithead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Uh, again, we need to make a spoof Akatar like show. It's going to be better than the actual Hulu show. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll do it. We need to hire an animator. We have wonderful ideas. <laughs> so the reason why we note that Farah has a new room now, back to our original story, is that Lucian is waiting in his doorway for Farah across from her room. So Farah's room is now close to Lucian's room, which, if we remember, is starkly different from where her room used to be. Because it used to be really far away, like in a completely opposite wing from Lucian. Mm-hmm. So that's changed, which is obviously we know to Farrah's advantage. We learn about that next next episode. Um, so Lucian's there waiting for her. He questions her as to why she's so calm about going to speak with Ianthe, given her reaction to Highburn for what he did to her sisters. Which, rightfully so. Lucian is the only one with any kind of sense in the Supreme Court. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. It's too bad and no one listens to him. No one listens to him. It's he's like the character in like a comedy show where like everyone else is being completely ridiculous. It's like like the office or something where you've got that one character that's like, no, maybe we should do this, and everyone's like, ha, 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 that's dumb. But it's actually like a super logical. They're like the most down to earth person. Like that's Lucian right now. He's like, like, Michael Scott. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He is. He is. He just can't. Fair oh, is being Jan right now. Like, truly, like, the fact that Tamlin doesn't see through this is honestly astounding to me. But Lucian sees, he sees right through it. And he's just, I think, at this point, trying to give her the benefit of the doubt and just trying to feel her out. Because they are friends, right? Like, and I think he carries a lot of guilt for how things went down. And so that's kind of keeping him from kind of blatantly calling her out at this point, I think. Yeah, I agree. So he warns Feyre that Ianthe's gonna just spout bullshit at her. He's just gonna she's just gonna say what you want to hear, right? We all 
We all know this. And he's obviously very pissed that Elaine got dragged into all this. So he's got beef with Ianthe too, because she's the reason his mate is now Faye and like got dragged into this mess. And Farah is absolutely seething on the inside the moment we finally lay eyes on Ianthe again. So Lucian escorts her down to visit Ianthe. We see her again. And the rage is so real. We haven't seen Ianthe since the wedding. When she put the red flowers on the, on the floor. When Farah specifically asked not to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So the jewel on Ianthe's forehead reminds Farah of the Batboy siphons. And she in that moment kind of wonders like if it aids Ianthe in her magic. And I'm curious about this too. Like if it gives her, I bet it does. Like maybe she has uh, improved like intuitions or, you know, I don't really know like if Ianthe actually wields magic or, or not. I, the priestesses are kind of a mystery because I don't think, well, Gwen's a priestess, right? Like I don't think Gwen has any particular magic. It's mostly like knowledge. But anyways, I guess maybe that will be answered at some point. We don't remember this. Shocker. There's something we don't remember. (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) Truly, truly shocked. All right. So we're back. We see Ianthe. And I just want to say Ianthe is an amazing actress. The first thing that she does is lower her eyes to appear demure and humble in front of Feyre, which is ultimate, like, just showing that she's, like, she's lowering herself and she feels bad. But you know inside that she doesn't actually... No. She doesn't want to have to apologize for anything she did. So, Ianthe begins her bullshit explanation with an apology stating, she was just granting what she believed Sarah would want to be with her sisters forever. Trying to satisfy the allies in Highburn and aiding even Lucian. Lucian can spend eternity with his mate now because of me. The audacity. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. I'm sorry. My rule in life is if someone didn't tell me they wanted something, unless it's like actually a fun surprise, like, I don't know, a cookie or like a cute shirt or something or a piece of art or, you know, um, anything else that involves maybe let's say turning someone's mortal family member immortal and not asking them about it seems like something you probably don't want to assume. <laughs> like you don't want to assume that they want that. No. And also she's 100% full of shit because she had no idea that that was going to work. There was a 50, probably a more than 50% chance that one or both of them would have died. Right. That's a bullshit excuse. <sighs> and it just so happened that they survived, so she can try to, like, use that to her advantage, but it's complete garbage. Yeah, she totally lucked out on, on yeah. it actually working and not killing them. Especially yeah. after we find out later what happens to th- happened to the queens. <laughs> Which they yeah. actually deserved it, so. Uh, so, <laughs> Lucian is just like us. He is having none of it. And he's like, Please do not use me as an excuse for your asinine behavior, Ianthe. And major side note here. How the fuck would she have known ahead of time that Elaine was his mate before she went to the cauldron? Tamlin. 
How would oh. Tamlin have known that? Like, oh like no, before. she didn't. She didn't know that. Yes. Oh, she didn't right. know that before the cauldron at all. She's literally just yes. She's manipulative as hell, yeah. and so it she's just, just so happened. That. Yes. Oh yeah. For sure. Like, she's just bolstering her argument with stuff like, you can't say that that influenced your initial decision when you had no idea. There's no way you could have known that Elaine was his mate. Like, no one knew that until it. Manipulation 101. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet she's so, yeah, she's like an expert gaslighter, manipulator. Everyone needs to see a therapist after they interact with Ianthe. I feel like I need a therapy session after reading these four chapters. So, Andy says that she just wants understanding, not forgiveness at this point. She plays off the alliance with Highburn like it had to happen, like it was non-negotiable. And she didn't want to ally with him. She just wants their people to survive. And Lucian rightfully so points out, but at what cost? The cost of allying with Highburn means inevitable death of many other fae. Like, just pointing out the obvious. Highburn is evil. He's the villain. We knew this already. Like, why are we? Why are we pretending like he's even semi good? <sighs> Again, not even a point that you should. Th- this makes no sense. You're just you're just digging your hole deeper, Ianthe. And I'm pissed at Tamlin because he has the fucking nerve to act mad at Lucian for interrogating Ianthe. I thought that's what this was. Did he, did he have a secret meeting with her beforehand and, like, they worked everything out and they're just fine? And, and like, Tamlin's not mad about anything anymore? I, I, it just, it floors me. It floors me how Tamlin can be so reactive to his narrow sight of what's not okay. And then anything outside of his, you know, his realm of that's not okay, he's like, mm, it's fine. Like, my longest, most loyal friend was severely impacted. Like, his mate is, like, now in a, in a bad spot. And this is all Ianthe's fault, and you don't give a shit. And not only that, but your supposedly person that you're, you did all this shit for, like, you sacrificed her sisters. Yes. What's wrong with you? But it's I okay. Never... But it's yeah. fine. Stop interrogating Ianthe. She apologized. It's okay. I'm telling you where right are the now. Claws, dude, fuck you. Right. Yeah, where are the claws now? You're right. Where's the claw? Where... Where's the claw? Oh my god. The claw. That's all I can That's think of. Uh, That's our episode That's name great. right there. Bam. Yes. We are eternally grateful. <laughs> <laughs> but like, truly though, like, I'm sorry, if someone ever did anything to any of my in-laws, like, well, of course my my own siblings, but this is this is like the situation, right? They're like his sister-in-laws, basically, right? They were going to get married. They're, you know, oh my God, if someone ever touched a hair on, on any of my in-laws' head, I would be like, who are you? Where are you? Like, I am coming to destroy you. Like, I, I can't even imagine being okay with that. Yes, and also even if even if they weren't forced into the cauldron, making mm-hmm. this bargain with Highburn, say the sisters were left out of it altogether, they are still mm-hmm. a crucial part of it because making this deal with Highburn means the wall is being destroyed and human lands are going to be fucked. Humans are fucked, especially when you live that close 
to mm-hmm. Fey territory, like we know their little village is gonna is going to be wiped out in yeah. a very brutal way. Very so, brutal. So like, like regardless <laughs> if they were shoved into the cauldron and they're fey or they're human, it doesn't matter. Either way, those two girls mm-hmm. are absolutely they're shit out of luck. And it's yep. because Tamlin it's because of Tamlin and Ianthe. <sighs> what? And you claim to be doing Farah a favor? No. No. absolutely not <laughs> this is you justifying your selfish behavior yeah tamlin's so selfish he in he enrages me i am irate <laughs> I cannot with him tonight so <laughs> lucian begins to point out like the very smart level-headed person that he is I, truly this is where lucian begins to kind of turn the corner for me again after Same. the last one right Tim Lucian we cannot forget has also been gaslit by Tamlin and manipulated by Tamlin for a really long time all right he's in a toxic friendship too so Lucian is pointing out <laughs> that Hybern can't be trusted but he stops himself because he knows that Ianthe could be feeding this information back to Hybern once again smart because he does not trust Ianthe and again, he has great instincts when it comes to that, at least. So mm-hmm. that's good. This is getting something right. Yep. And Tamlin, God, says they'll be careful, but they have to hold up their end of the deal with Hybern and present my favorite thing that Tamlin always says, quote, a solid front. You know, you could take that solid front and shove it right up your asshole, Tamlin, because no one gives a shit about your solid front, okay? I, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I like the, the strength that it would take Farah to not be like, "Are you kidding me?" Like this, Ianthe basically is just getting a slap on the wrist because she steps right back into her old position. There's no like demoting her. There's no once again she has. Full access to all intel. She's reporting intel to Tamlin in future chapters. Yeah, it's it's too much. It. Oh, why are we trusting her? <laughs> it's so bad. The spring, the spring court needs new leadership. Lucia needs to be high lord of the spring court. Like, why Not Tamlin cold. needs to be fired? God, just. <laughs> Anyways, so Pharaoh realizes an utter disbelief, just like we just expressed. <laughs> That Tamlin still trusts Ianthe. And Pharaoh's slightly thankful for this, though, because his density with Ianthe is what also keeps him blind to her front, to Pharaoh's front as well. So Pharaoh's going to work all this to her advantage. We have to trust our sweet baby angel. She is brilliant. She is the lover of Reese. They are a great pair for a reason. So we just have to relax a little and let her take the reins. It's going to be hard for me, but we know it all works out. But still, this is stressful. It's a rough ride to get there, though. I don't Truly. have the I don't I do not have the emotional regulation like mm-hmm. she does. So mm-hmm. it this is this is rough. This is rough. This is rough. I don't have the emotional bandwidth for Tamlin tonight, and so I'm just going to yell about him a lot. I'm sorry, listeners. I'll try to get away from the mic when I scream. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ianthe then says. 
She'll try to be worthy of her friends. And Tam is like, yeah, we're all gonna try. And I love I that. I fucking hate like, that. I absolutely <laughs> hate I that exchange. I think it is the most bullshit <laughs> sentence yes. in this entire series. Yes. I love how Farrah's is like, this is his new favorite word. Try. Listen, try. Tamlin needs a visit from Yoda. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> There's no try. Like, the only try I want to talk about is a triathlon. We are not going to try at anything else, Tamlin. I'm so no. mad. Ugh, try. We're no. going to try. Farah, playing her role well, openly worries about how the people of the court will feel about the alliance with Highburn. As they were all just very recently, as we mentioned, tortured by Amarantha. <laughs> Let us not forget. However... Tamlin says Hybrid has promised that the people will remain safe. Again, well, thank God he made a promise. Woo, he made, we're all safe. Did he, oh, thank did he promise? <laughs> he swore on the cauldron's grave. That so it like he it has to happen. So he would like, never. We go uh, back like two weeks so yeah never do that to me we were like prank calling the night court together uh while we were making all our plans like we're besties (laughs) fucking idiot oh my god let's circle back to the point where lucian was making where he's like can we trust this guy and the answer is no (laughs) oh my god so Beira, the ever observant spy notes if the people are being moved east, because he mentions, we're, we're just to be safe, we're going to move the people east. She's like, if they're moving the people east, that must mean that Highburn is going to be coming from the west. So she tucks that away to report that back to Reese later. And then Tamlin announces, the first of Highburn's people are coming tomorrow, including Jurian. Oh, Jurian. Jurian is such a special unique character and i am really really excited to experience him again because honestly this is the part where i started getting confused on the first read i'm not gonna lie durian's arc with miriam and everything just like loses me a little bit or it it did it did in the first but durian is just such this wildly dynamic character and it's i i love him i hate him in these chapters but i love him oh yeah he gives me uh, Snape vibes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Any any Which, character like that, that even a little bit resembles Snape. Because yes. if, if you know anything about me, I am obsessed with Snape. I, I am obsessed with his entire arc through the Harry Potter series. He is my favorite character. You cannot convince me. Honestly, none of the other characters even come close in comparison to me or for me. Yeah, no. I just, Snape is just ugh, so good. Yeah. So good. He's he's one of the greatest literary characters of, of all time. And, and then they casted him perfectly and he's the perfect actor. Oh, Alan Rickman was the perfect choice for Snape. Perfect yeah, choice. Alan Rickman was a wonderful, beautiful human. R.I.P. Yes, um, definitely R.I.P. Hello listeners, Hannah here. This episode is brought to you by Love Shop. At Love Shop, they are passionate about destigmatizing and normalizing sex and the conversation around it. And they've actually been around for over 20 years. 
And just like here on the House of Wind Book Club, they also believe that life is way too short to have bad sex. So for our listeners exclusively, you can head to loveshoptoys.com slash H-O-W-B-C and enter the code H-O-W-B-C to save 20% off almost all regular price products. Get a free two to four day discreet shipping on orders over $69. (laughs) See what they did there? On a huge variety of high quality toys. Love Shop has something for everyone and this is a great way to support our podcast and also a really great way to supplement some of your smutty reads or spicy audiobook listens. You know, just going to throw that out there for you guys. So don't forget to stop by loveshoptoys.com slash howbc and enter the code howbc, that's H-O-W-B-C, to save 20% off. And you can find all of this information in the show notes as well. Thanks, guys. Stay smutty. Okay, chapter two. We get to meet Jurian. Yeah. Jurian, okay, he's was resurrected by the cauldron, clearly mad, long before the king resurrected him, right? He's seen some shit. Um, and Jurian also led the queens down a path of what Vera describes as ignorant submission. And Vera <laughs> is like thinking to herself that Tamlin and Lucian don't actually grasp that Hybern possesses a weapon that could cleave this world apart. Like, they don't understand what the cauldron can do. Like, what the potential is for this freaking weapon. And that the humans are so vulnerable. They're so vulnerable. And especially with a, a weapon that strong and without the wall, that there's just nothing to protect them. And honestly, yeah, with the cauldron, with the cauldron, there's not a whole lot to protect Faye either. So we're kind of in a yeah. we're kind of in a gnarly place right now. It's a lose lose situation. Why did it we is. sign up for this again? I it is. So again, Farrah like kind of dives deep into her, and she's like, "Okay, Jurian's here. I need to I need to plot first. I need to learn from Jurian where they're going to strike and the wall." And then I need to learn how to get that information to Reese. And we learn that the bond is actually surprisingly difficult to communicate through. Um, They've only spoken once. Her and Reese have only spoken once in the weeks that she's been in the spring court. And it was right when she returned to make, just to make sure that like everyone was alive and healing and well. And, Mm -hmm. and also a secondary thing is the more they communicate through their bond this is fascinating. The stronger that their mating scent is. Yes. And and in the spring court, so their mating scent is under the pretense that, is literally under the pretense that Reese raped her, essentially. Yes. Yes. Um, And so, obviously, it's expected, like, that scent is expected to taper off. And fade with time. So not only can they do they have to limit their conversation, but they also need to make these moves quick because people are going to catch on to the fact that this mating bond is not disappearing. Right. <laughs> so Jurian finally arrives. And with him, he brings two terrifying black haired high fae that, quote, have a millennia of cruelty in their eyes. Yikes. 
Yikes. <laughs> and this is true. These these two are yes. awful. They're scary. And yeah, and we find out that these two are the niece and nephew of the King of Hybern. And yikes. He has nieces and nephews, which means he has brothers. Mm-hmm. And or sisters. Yep. So this is further connecting our theory of possibly, uh, possibly again, Throne of Glass spoilers, friends, flip through 10 seconds of him possibly being a Valg king. But then these two would technically also be Valg because they would be born of. True. They'd have a Valg father. They ha- they'd have to be at least part, but maybe, True. maybe, maybe that's. Okay, that's that's a rabbit hole we'll have to get in at a later time, but it's there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so with Durian and the twins there, and I'm going to refer to those two as the twins um, through, throughout these chapters, um, but Farrah continues to display this perfect picture of High Lord's plaything. Quote, oh, I fucking hate this. Quote, a harmless, lovely package. Perfect for a high lord to mount whenever he wished. Yuck. Ick. 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 That makes me feel gross. Like uh, like crawlies under my skin. I hate that. I hate that. But it's also, it's like, that's the first layer of it. But the second layer of it is that like, that satisfaction that that's the first impression she's giving them when she knows that she's a complete badass and can rock their world at any second that's kind yes. of fun it is that's, fun though it that's is. the slytherin part of me being like get him yeah you trick him and like then that. you get him <laughs> i love that yeah so oh speaking of harry potter houses i think mm-hmm. i've finally tamped down hannah and i are both hufflepuff but I have Slytherin and Gryffindor undertones, where Hannah has Ravenclaw and Gryffindor undertones. Yes. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'd say I'm 50-50. If I had to choose two houses, it would definitely be Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. But, yeah, but I took the quiz again, then I'm still a Ravenclaw. Maybe you are Ravenclaw. I don't know. It's crazy. I do feel like I, I also identify with Hufflepuff. I am playing yeah. Legacy as a Hufflepuff. But yeah, yeah I, I should have played. I, I claim both. Yeah, I am. As I'm playing Hogwarts Legacy, I'm like coming more to terms with it. I am a hundred percent a Hufflepuff. I'm definitely a Hufflepuff. I'm a hundred percent Hufflepuff. I can't. I can't run from it. Again, I just we am. love Hufflepuff. Yep. I, there's and there's nothing to be ashamed of with being a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuffs are great. Anyway, I love it. <laughs> Back to Farah being sneaky, sneaky. Um, so mm. she paints this picture of you know just this perfect little princess and the twins kind of gawk and sneer at her and Jurian just chuckles and Farah walks away simply saying perhaps if you'd bother going to war over Miriam she wouldn't have left you for Prince Draken <laughs> burn burn bitch burn <laughs> that's shut him up some fast. Ice for that burn <laughs> and he's just careful what you say girl and Farah is not phased. Not phased. And all, she looks him dead in the eye and says, here's the first rule of this visit. Do not threaten me in my own home. And again, 
Oscar worthy performance. She knew that not only does that put Jurian in his place, but Tamlin heard it. And Tamlin was like, Oh, she said her home swoon. Swoon. And Pharaoh's like, Pharaoh's like, fuck you all. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. It's just that easy. All she has to say is like, He's such a, my, and so she's getting, she's, she's one step closer to gaining Tamlin's trust and the trust of everyone who lives there. Quote, so that he would not suspect when I turned them all on each other. Bum, bum, bum. So excited. Yes, I love this. (laughs) And so they sit down for dinner in this beautiful, tense little situation that they have going on. Is is a dinner at the spring court ever not tense and awful? Good point. No. Like, <laughs> Have we ever had every, a pleasant meal there? Every dinner. I just imagine everyone sitting there, like, clenching their knife to, a little too hard, like, glaring at someone across, but, like, painting this stupid picture of, like, they're happy. Like, come on. Yeah. They have, like, cue cards. They're like, hurt the weather in the fall court. Or the autumn court is lovely this time of year. Pollution. <laughs> but oh, I will say the only, pleasant, the only pleasant meal we've had is, like, when there's a feast outside. So any, like, barbecue, right? Like, like yeah. a calamai, or I guess we didn't eat at calamai, but, like, the summer solstice. Like, we had a great time at that meal. Fairy wine. Last year. Lots of more yeah. Yeah, last year. But yeah, other than that, no. There's never yeah. been a pleasant. That dining yeah. room is uh, it's not yeah, great. It's got a hex on it. Seen some shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Get those so walls as, they're, <laughs> as they're sitting at dinner, Farah has this inkling that the twins are Daimati. And like her, like she it's almost like she can tell that they're they're like. It's like when Spider Man have you, if you've seen Into the Spider Verse it's when, like, they get, like, the little spidey spidey senses, and it's like, oh, you're like me! You know, it's almost <laughs> like that. Your spidey and senses so, are tingling. Yeah, Pharaoh's like, oh, shit! Smashes her shields down, and then they all make a plan to head to the wall tomorrow, to find where the holes in the wall are located. And Farrah and Lucian offer to escort them, and Tamlin is, like, a little resistant, but ultimately agreeable to this, which is so surprising. So I think it's just, it's the perfect storm of, (laughs) poor Tamlin. This is the only time I'll say that. But it's like, Tamlin is finally like, okay, I have to start trusting her. And Farrah's like, jump on that shit, destroy him. Destroy him with his trust. (laughs) Take advantage of the trust. I know. I feel, he deserves it though. That's the thing is like, he deserves everything that's coming to him. Yeah. And so at dinner, Jurian starts being an asshole and starts to bait Lucian and asking, like, where he got his fake eye and then starts painting this horrible picture of the Illyrians, right? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're talking about Elaine at this point. And Jurian is like, she shouldn't be any of your business either, considering she's probably been fucked by half the Illyrian army by now. What? And, Low blow. and Lucian? Okay. Lucian does not react. That man is a politician through and through. Oh, it's very yeah. big and very noble. But I can't help but think if someone said that about Farah, 
Reese would kill them. Reese wouldn't even wouldn't even blink. Done. Gone. It just it just also shows you the environment, like when in the night court when like yes, they all respect Reese as like High Lord, right? But Reese would have Reese would never have like chastised them for speaking out to protect anyone that they loved, uh, like verbally, uh, even fighting over someone that they cared about. Uh, he would always support that. Like he might have been like, "Oh man, it kind of thwarted our plans a little bit here," but like we'll have to re, you know, we'll just have to change course a little bit or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. but. Lucian doesn't even, you can tell that he doesn't even feel like he can, he can say anything because he knows he's got to play this right. He's doing it for Tamlin. And it's just so, it's just such a toxic environment at the spring court. Like, truly. Yeah. You can respect your high lord and be friends with them, but there's no, they don't have a real, a real friendship at this point anymore. Tamlin ruined that, unfortunately. But, so Durian digs his heels in. And the twins chime in about how they fought against the Illyrian brutes. Mm-hmm. And they're laughing and giggling about how they kept wings of generals and lords as trophies. And all Fira can think about is Reese's mother's and sister's wings that Tamlin's father had pinned up in his study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as this chaos persists, and Fira is like getting more and more angry as the time goes, obviously. She feels this little tap at her shield and realizes that Lucian and Tamlin's minds are left wide open. And so she slams a barrier down around Lucian and Tamlin's mind and the twins like reel and jolt back as if they were struck. And Farrah's very quiet and Tamlin looks to her and says, what's wrong? What What's going on? And all she says, she says nothing. Their highnesses must be tired af- after such a long journey. And she proceeds to lunge for their minds and is met with a wall of white bone. And they, these two, okay, Highburn's nephew and niece, they flinch as she drags her talons, her mind talons, down their walls. And I then, love that move as a power play. Just the- it's such a power play. It's such a power play. And Jurian just winks at her, and nobody speaks for the rest of the meal. Oh, God, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, so two things. Number one, do you think when you when someone drags their talons down your mental shield, it makes like a nails and a chalkboard sound in your head? <laughs> I don't think it's. I could- it doesn't yeah. make like a sound it's just it's yeah. all purely mental but like that's all i can picture when she's like i dragged my talons down i'm like oh god oh. i just get this visceral reaction of nails on a chalkboard Ew, yucky uh, uh and then second i guess highburn's plan was just honestly to just take over tamlin and lucian's minds and just completely control the spring court and probably just use it as another like war outpost like right. like that's his, he's like these idiots and that's who we're trusting. And also, Farah is not like is literally saving them right now, and they don't even know yes. it. Yes. Oh my god! Right? <sighs> oh my god! Okay. Chapter three. The next day, Lucian and Farah bring Jurian and the twins out to the wall. 
And I love the imagery of the woodland creatures, like, fleeing away from the twins. Like, they're so evil. They repulse all pure, like, fluffy rabbits and squirrels who are just, like, running away. All things sweet in the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we learned that Pharaoh is up all night casting out her magic to see if the twins were using their Daimati skills on anyone else. So our girl is tired. She has been using her magic nonstop. They arrive at the wall and the wall itself is hideous and throbbing. Again, a true sign of evil when the horses are skittish near the wall. Like horses, no. I feel like that's a sign in every movie you watch, every like book you read is that the horse is freaking out. Something's wrong. Turn around and leave. <laughs> leave. Listen to <laughs> Let the us- horse. Listen to the horse. Horses are also super pure of heart and they know. They're just like big dogs, basically. And I love that Farah is even like choosing her clothes at this point. She makes a note of like her soft, like, um, I think she's wearing like a, the bejeweled dagger and like, um, like she just looks like she can't handle herself basically by what she's wearing. And I love that again i love choosing clothes like using fashion as a weapon it's so cool to me (laughs) i love it so we learn that the wall is invisible and i'm wondering did we know this already because for some reason i pictured like a physical wall with actual like visible holes in it (laughs) like like why did i why did i think the wall was visible like, like, a, like a stone wall it's like like a hole punched in. Oh, okay man. well i'm that makes me feel that makes me feel better about myself so thank you oh my god guys message us and let us know if you also thought the wall was not invisible I needed that healthy reminder. <laughs> We're in a fantasy world, Hannah. It's not a, a real <laughs> actual wall. Brick wall. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> okay. So that's where I am. While interacting with Hybern's party, Farah, in a calculated move, stands closer to Lucian and a little bit behind him to make it seem as though she's afraid of the twins. Which, again, we know that she could give them the business, but we got to play the part here. We also learn, because the holes are a two-day ride from each other, this is like a one-day excursion. We're going to have to come back again with these people, which really sucks. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Because only Dagden can winnow, and he can't winnow very far when he's carrying other people with him. So, yeah, because Dagden's the the male and Branna is the female right i don't know i can't keep those straight that's why i just call them the twins yeah i think dagden's the guy uh because i think the girl is like worse i think she's she's like out for blood she seems like the cattier of the two Ooh, yeah um so lucian and farah are alone while highburn's party is you know doing their inspection of a wall and he lets Farah know that, listen, whatever you're planning here is not going to work. Okay, Farah? And she gives him the innocent, like, after all this time, Lucian, you don't trust me? Like, I thought we were 
friends. And <laughs> she does this a lot in the next, like, in the coming chapters, and I love it. She's just like, little old me. Why, I never. Oh, honey, no. So she asked Lucian what side he would have fought on during the war. And Lucian says he definitely would have fought on the side of the human Fae Alliance. And Farah immediately uses this against him because she's like, well, now you're allying with the opposite side. Like, this guy is very anti-humans. He mm-hmm. he will enslave them again and or not even give them the time of day and just completely wipe them off the face of the yes. continent. Like, yeah. like. <laughs> and Lucian tells her that he only allied for Hibern, with Hibern for her. So, again, he's falling into the spring court manipulation gaslighting BS. Not okay, Lucian. Point against you. The point you earned earlier, it's gone. Yeah, we're back at zero. We're we're at neutral brownie points right now. So, (laughs) Lucian recounts what happened after she was taken, and like honestly, the lot it was intense. He found her her engagement ring melted because remember she like was using all her powers and she essentially melted it off of herself um and he kind of is like using this as a way to trip her up right he's like he's like i saw your ring melted like so like it seems like something you know like you did it not you know like how would more have done it and Farrah lies and just says the night court did it and thanks him for coming to rescue her. So she's trying to like nip that in the bud mm-hmm. as quick as she can. Cause again, Lucian is smart. He's not, he's not mm-hmm. a dummy and he's slowly starting to kind of put all of this together. Yeah. He's like, wait a minute. Um, so he's Lucian's clearly sorry that they allied with Highburn and he knows at this point it was a huge mistake. And he didn't know that it was a trap. Like, he truly probably thought they were just gonna, like, turn in the night court, turn in... Well, they didn't even know about the sisters. So, he truly just thought they were allying with him. They're gonna capture the night court, they get Feyre back. Boom. They're done. They don't have to talk to Hybrid again. But that's not the case. (laughs) And Feyre tries to get information out of Lucian about Jurian's motivations, but they're interrupted. So, she gets no, no further there. So they arrive back at the manor later, and Pharaoh recounts prior events where Ianthe made her grand entrance <laughs> earlier that day, <laughs> using the sunbeams and light to her advantage, which again, sign of a true villain, because we grew up with the most fabulous villains uh, who definitely know how to work the stage and work the light, uh, aka Ursula is the first one that comes to mind. Uh <laughs> and Mm -hmm. so like essentially she's just like fawning over highburn's party and just laying it on thick and none of them were having it (laughs) they also see right through her bullshit (laughs) why does it take Um, the bad guys to give her a a dish of what she deserves i don't i don't know why even they can see it like even they don't want anything to do with her and she's technically on their side (laughs) Uh, she's the worst (laughs) so i also love that pharaoh's picking up on the incestuous like cersei and jamie lannister vibes coming from dagdun and brana (laughs) yeah so interesting it's they're they're really grossing me out (laughs) 
like, I, I'm just picturing them at dinner. Like, she's, like, cutting up his steak and, like, feeding it to him and, like, uh, like taking the, like, drippings off his chin and, like, you know, like, just, Ew, like, what? really overly gross yuck, romantic yuck. stuff that you'd never do with your sibling, but they're doing it with each other out in the open. Uh, that's how I'm picturing them. Just too much. Too much. Yeah. At least Cersei yeah. and Jamie kept it on the DL. <laughs> like, right. Right. And maybe, and maybe they're just obscenely close. True. But it's, like, kind of being interpreted in the, in the wrong way. Because, okay, it's, a, it's important right. to realize, like, I feel like this is just one of those like ingrained things is because it's a brother and a sister, right? If it was two sisters, would we blink at that? Would we, would we say anything about that? If they wanted to sleep in the same tent, if they were dishing each other up food, if they were doing this and that. True. I could, I could see that. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, Probably, yeah. I mean, it might still be a little, a little weird. It'd, be, it'd little, still little be weird. Intense. <laughs> intense sibling love but anyway yeah. but it's definitely yes. like the vibe that they're that is being interpreted by the people is cersei and jamie lannister yeah 100 very much so um so back in the present so that that's what happened this morning at another tense breakfast at the spring court um back in the present Farah asks lucian to help her off her horse and this is the beginning of of Farah starting to use Lucian as a pawn. Yeah. Uh, so between this and her speaking to Lucian in private earlier, like when they were around the twins and Jurian, uh, she she's always making it seem like people are walking in on them talking very intimately. Um, she's setting up this pretense that there's something more than just a friendship going on between them. And I love this because this is like one of the most important parts of getting Tamlin to like fully distrust Lucian because Lucian, Lucian catches on a really quick to what fair is doing in general at the spring court. And this is the first way to just completely invalidate Lucian to Tamlin. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. It is truly genius. Like, w- what a what a stroke of genius to think to think to do that. Oh man, I I love it. <laughs> so, Ianthe is at the stable to greet them and informs them there's to be a party to honor their guests and also for the summer solstice because that's happening too. <laughs> Round two, let's go. Round two, summer solstice. Hello, listener darling. I just wanted to give a quick trigger warning here. Uh, We do kind of veer into some topics close to um, SA. So if this is something that is triggering for you, be kind to yourself and make sure you skip forward. And now back to the episode. So throughout all their exchanges, Lucian is clearly affected by Ianthe's presence. And in a very trauma response type way. He's rigid. He's standoffish. Uh, all signs that something has happened between them. And Farah asks him what happened and if anything went down between Ianthe and Tamlin after she left. And Lucian just tells Farah that he ended up replacing Tamlin in the right and he took Ianthe to 
the cave. Uh, <laughs> so many red flags here. Like, yes, I know Lucian is kind of saying this in a way of like, I willingly took her there, but also Lucian, but- like, does he get infested with that, like, manic energy the same way that High Lords do? Because if that's the case, it wasn't necessarily... I I wouldn't call that 100%, like, him intentionally being like, yeah, let's go. It's more of oh, like for a... Sh- yes. Add like, that she's there to- and she probably made it happen. Yes. Add that to him feeling obligation from Tamlin like he knows that Tamlin is obviously hung up on Feyre and he's just like okay I'm gonna do my bro a solid and I'll participate in the right so yes like like I think that if you were to talk to Tamlin about it he would say like well Lucian like freely did that but if he knew that's the thing is I want to know if Tamlin knows what happened between Lucian and Ianthe, because Lucian must have said something to him about it. I can't picture him not saying something to him about it. I don't know. I feel like part of me, either he didn't say anything, or he mentioned it, and Tamlin brushed uh-huh. it off. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... Ugh. Not good. I... I yeah. It, it's... It, we're veering towards... Towards really bad territory there, and I don't like it. Um, so... Lucian, and again, the sweet baby Lucian, his immediate concern is not for himself. It's for keeping this from Elaine because he doesn't, he just doesn't want her to know, I think, this part of him yet. Like, again, I don't really consider this Lucian's free will. So I I think we're treading into like essay territory here. Oh, for sure. Um, Yes. And I can put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode too to just mention that to say that we do mention that several times um in this episode but yeah it it's it's veering towards that and uh, i yuck yeah i don't like it and so i i don't blame lucian for not wanting elaine to know about it because again they don't know each other at this point so he doesn't owe elaine anything at this point no and it's his story to share it's not exactly it's not paris to tell Correct. And I really don't think it impacts their relationship at all either. Like they're not, no. they weren't together at this point. Oh my yeah. God. And I just, right. I think that's one of the, that's why this is YA. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it's just one of those things that's like, oh, don't tell her I slept with someone else. Oh no. Right. Like, I'm impure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my VCon has been shredded. <laughs> Oh no! It's like it's like that stuff. Like it's just all all that kind of thing is like, oh mm-hmm. heaven forbid you slept with someone else, right? Except like, for the oh. main love interest. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's, it is very. <laughs> it's like it's like oh you're getting why? married. And you're gonna have sex for the very first time. <laughs> yes, it's that. AKA my childhood. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's just very uh, just yes. not not how adults real in real yes. life <laughs> it's not how the real world works like oh. you fuck other people and then eventually when you meet the person you're like okay we both have slept with other people this is you know it's fine and honestly like, it's just it's a- after you hit i feel like 19 years old 20 years old 
I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's kind of an assumption. Maybe right. that's just it's, me, but like, it's like, see, you don't, it you don't even me. have to be like, yeah, like, but please tell me you yeah. haven't slept with like 50 different people. Right. Like, please yeah. just tell me you use protection that I don't have to worry about contracting. Yeah. Like just STD, please. Right? Yeah. Like get tested <laughs> and then we're good. Don't sleep with anyone else while you're with me. Cause I want to be yes. in a monogamous relationship, but you know, yes. What you that's how normal me, that's your own works. business yeah and lucian's literally like a hundred years old so yeah, what the fuck? you're gonna be like oh my god don't tell her i slept with anyone in the past century oh no oh, it no. was dust gathering down there i was gonna keep it there for her to blow away, <laughs> to blow away. on her wedding Purity. day oh god yes right. maybe we will have to have a i'll do a uh if people are interested i would love to have a patreon episode where i just talk about all of the things that were told to me surrounding sex and why the fact that i'm talking about this openly on a podcast is a huge deal uh just even just talking about sex in general but yeah. yes i agree this is like a normal thing that normal like functioning adults do right they sleep with other people when you are in a committed relationship you just don't do it anymore and i also want to say if there are stds in Prithian, uh lucian better get himself checked though because i think the... <laughs> i think it's yeah. yes which again we're all four people expressing their sexuality but let's do it in a safe way homies let's so. use some protection um, i like sex as much as the next person but i don't like stds so yeah I but i don't trust her i don't trust her I don't, I don't either she seems like the kind of person that would be like I drank my tea, but she actually wants to trap you with a secret pregnancy. One hundred percent. That's high, Anthony. Yeah, she wants a she wants a baby. She wants, she wants a, a baby, baby daddy. Yes, she wants that child support. I love it. Oh my god. Uh, okay. Rainer. <laughs> All right, red flags, beep, boop, beep. Okay, <laughs> so. That's, that's our brains today. Beep, boop, beep. Yes, it, it's like the SpongeBob episode, uh, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop, bop, where he thinks that Mr. Krabs is a robot. Nope. That's, that's my brain today. So we do get this kind of a sweet moment between them where Lucian does tell Feyre, listen, you were, you're a better friend to me than I ever was to you. And I think that's really important moving forward. Like, I'm really glad that he said that to her and actually mm-hmm. acknowledged that. Um, so this is like my favorite part of this chapter. Back in her room, uh, Alice is helping Pharaoh with her clothes. And we see that all her clothes are too small from when she was withering away at the spring court. If we all remember when that was happening, uh, dark time for her and us. Uh, yes. Um, this is not good for Feyre though because she's supposed to have been tortured yet she's strong and healthy uh Fit. looks the best she's ever looked yeah like <laughs> Alice is like damn girl do you have like a nutritionist were you like a crossfitter in the night court yeah. like is that how they tortured you <laughs> they made you warm chef <laughs> yeah right they just pumped you full of grilled chicken and made you do burpees the whole time like <laughs> um and so Farrah's like oh shit so <laughs> she's uh we learn that fair has been attending meetings with hybern's party where they mostly just want to know about the night court so shocking uh she's been like 
weaving half truths and half lies. So like she'll say, yeah, yeah, there's an Illyrian uh, camp in this area of, of the steppes. But she tells them it's the strongest, but it's actually like their smallest and weakest clan, right? Like it's, she's leading them, she's giving them something to where it, it still gives them something to follow, but she's feeding them the wrong information, which is really cool. I like that. Yep. She's covering her tracks. Alice, good old Alice. We love Alice. We are Alice stands on this podcast. Oh, she sees through Farah because she knows her. She was like Farah's original friend in the spring court. She helped her to under the mountain. I mean, Alice is uh, the real MVP. And now she's like, wait a second. All of a sudden you care about like if you're repeating outfits, because Pharaoh's like, oh, I, I can't wear this dress. I, I wore it already. Uh, which makes me think of uh, Lizzie McGuire, you are an outfit repeater. Yes. <laughs> I love the Lizzie McGuire show. Uh, so yes, that just made me think of that. But in a true baller move, like a true friend move, Alice pulls out Pharaoh's old night court outfit that she used to keep in her closet. She's like, you can always wear this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love this! Like, what? What a badass! Farah feigns shock. She's like, oh, "Alice, that's so mean. Like, why would you even say that?" And Alice is like, "Girl, uh, lest you forget, I was there when you were trapped inside this house. I was there when you were withering away, and." I was there when Moore came for you. And I was the one that told Moore, I begged Moore to take care of you in the night court. And I never told Tamlin that. And Alice is like, also the servants talk, uh, which I have to say is super Downton Abbey uh, vibes here. If anybody watches Downton Abbey that listens to our podcast, you'll, you'll know. Uh, so she's like, the servants talk and, uh, I know from my friends at the summer court that Reese treats his servants well. And like, she basically thinks that Farah came back better and everyone else thinks that she's all wrong. So again, Alice is a normal person who's like, oh, Farah is stronger. She stepped into herself. She's actually super powerful and I can see this and I can see right through her act. And I love that. <laughs> Hell yeah. And she's like, my cousin Jim Bob works at the summer court and he saw you laughing and flirting with Tarquin. And you seem pretty happy and healthy. You didn't seem distressed or like you were under some kind of a spell. And Farrah tries to deflect and kind of just like lie about Reese controlling her. And she's super torn here, right? Because she loves Alice. We have no problem with Alice. But secrecy is vital to her mission, and she cannot risk trusting anyone, including Alice. Like, there's no exceptions to this rule. And Alice tells her, whatever you're planning, just leave my nephews out of it. And Farrah just says, I just want to heal. And Alice just hands her a dress, and like, that's that. They, that's they don't speak of it again. Oh my gosh. Alice is the real MVP. Alice knows. She just knows. Alice fucking knows. She gets it. She gets it. Oh Homegirl. Oh, 
Man. I love her. I think, I honestly think that for these chapters, it's all about secrecy. Everything that is being done is about secrecy. For, For everyone, the only one who's naive to this is Tamlin. And he thinks that everyone's being super transparent with him. He thinks that Highburn's people are being transparent. He thinks that his people are being transparent. No one's telling the truth. Jurian's not. The twins aren't. Lucian isn't. Alice isn't. Farish for sure isn't. It's all just this big web of secrets. And it's just like a ticking time bomb of whose secrets are best. Who's going to fuck everyone else over first? <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like a giant game of mafia. It is. And which Farrah's is one of my mafia. favorite games on planet Earth. Oh yes. I love mafia. <laughs> but that's what this oh, is. This God. whole you you should love these first however many chapters till we're back in the night court. God, I hope it's not a lot. But like yeah. you should love these chapters because you love mafia. It truly is just Farah sneaking around. I'm and Alice you. is like the the nurse, or no, she's like the sheriff. She's doing the accusing. Lucian kind of mm-hmm. too. He's a sheriff. Yeah, yep. yeah. Lucian's for sure the up. sheriff. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's like, wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and that's again. That's my that's my inner Slytherin. I like I like the cunning mm-hmm. part of it. I think it's fascinating. I think it's mm-hmm. hilarious, but it's also so dynamic. Like it's. It's it's like that feeling. I don't know if any of you have that, but like, like when I play Mafia and I'm I'm like plotting, you know, I'm like planning out all of these things in my head. Like, how am I going to make everyone believe that this person did this and this person did this? And it's like, but it's that anticipation because you don't really know if it's going to work because it's totally dependent on what everyone else does and says. But yes. the, but the feeling you get inside is like. It's like the anticipation, but it's also like the nerves, which just yes. for me results in like excitement, which kind of sounds like I'm a sociopath. I promise I'm not, but like, <laughs> it's no, really exciting. You're not. It is exciting. And it's really fun when you, this is definitely like when we all play mafia together, because Farah knows all these people. If you're playing mm-hmm. that game with your friends and people, you know, you know who's gonna believe you you know how you can prey on the weaknesses right and farah she knows oh my god the next episode she's she really preys on the fact that that tamlin has never trusted her and lucian alone together he's all he's he's so jealous he cannot he cannot even stomach the idea of them being friends really yeah and so she's like well, I'm just going to use that to my advantage. And I love, yeah, I, I love that. It's so, it's so fun because she's just like, it's like Jenga, right? She's just like poking the little, she's like pulling one brick out at a time she's until brilliant. it all beautiful, becomes crumbling beautiful, down. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Ugh. Oh, love, Farah. <sighs> wow. What a great welcome back episode. <laughs> mm, that was juicy. Juicy. So that's a wrap on this episode. Make sure you read chapters four through seven to be prepared for the next one. Thank you so much for choosing to be a part of our book club. We appreciate your support. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and TikTok at House of Wind Pod. Also, email us theories, burning questions, anything about the next few chapters. 
Uh, our email is houseofwindpodcast at gmail.com. And all of our information can be found in the show notes. We're so happy we're back. We're so happy yes. you're back. And we will talk to you all next week. Mwah. Mwah. Stay steady.